Hey everyone, I'm James Darnell, otherwise known as Pulse on the Internet, and welcome to Big Fight Feel, a podcast that looks to explore the colorful, sincere, and hard-hitting world of Joshi professional wrestling. I have a very special guest joining me today on today's episode. He's part of New Legacy Inc., a big fan of Joshi Pro Wrestling. He's Konami's number one fan, and he's a guy that helped me get into stardom when I first started watching. His name is Sprite. We'll be talking about the five-star Grand Prix, kind of breaking down each of the competitors, looking at who has the biggest chance of winning each block, talking about who's going to win in the matchups and things like that that and I take some time to pick Sprite's brain about stardom in general as he just has a vast well of knowledge up in that head. Big Fight Field will also be holding a five-star Grand Prix pick'em with some great prizes. We'll be having a first, second, and third place prize. First prize will be the Utami Hayashi Stun My Book that is currently sold out and not set to reprint ever. So if you do not have it, this is a very good chance for you to win it. There will also be second and third place prizes. You can check those down when you click the link and everything like that. If you want to get into this, all you have to do is check the description of the podcast, whether you're watching on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever the case may be, just check in the description of this episode. You'll see a link to submit your predictions, and then all you have to do is fill it out and submit it, and you're good to go. Also in the description of the podcast, you will find links to Sprite and I's five-star Grand Prix block prediction sheet that you can use to kind of follow along with the episode. You don't necessarily need it, but it does kind of help to see how we lay everything out right in front of you as we're talking about it. So if you want to see that, there's links in the description to both of ours. So without further ado, let's get into today's show. And trust me when I say my sauce tastes good. Thank you for joining me here this afternoon, Sprite. We're going to be talking about the five-star Grand Prix this afternoon. It's a big one this year. It looks a lot different from the previous years. I mean, I mean everything's pretty much changed. It's an entirely different company than it was just even a few years ago. Uh, but yeah. I'm looking I'm looking forward to this year. Uh, I know I, <laughs> I'm sure you had a hard time picking who you wanted to win, especially when uh, oh. everyone knows who your favorite is. Yeah. I, I tried to be as unbiased as possible. I think I did well this time around. I was horrible with that. I think I filled out this bracket <laughs> like four or five different times, just picking Kiona, 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 Kiona. And it's just like, ah, maybe I should be realistic about it. I don't think it's going to work like that this time. Yeah. Uh, but if you guys don't know who Sprite is, Sprite is, uh, he's one of the new legacy kids, one of the big boys. He's joining me here this afternoon. He's been, uh, how long have you been watching Stardom? Probably around two years now. Yeah. I mean, so, that's... Uh, yeah. I mean, in stardom time, it's funny when people ask me about that with stardom, they're like, uh, how do I get into it? I'm like, well, you just watch it. It's not like the history is like super played out or anything. You can literally like pick it up at any point. It's just one of those things you just go into and then you're hooked. Yeah, I was looking at the five star Grand Prix like before we were going to record this. I I was looking back and trying to look at the history of everything and uh it's impossible. I don't even know what I'm <laughs> like compared to uh, when you look at the bracket for this year's five star Grand Prix compared to even last year, uh, 2018 featured people like Rachel Ellering and Kimberly. And there was just a lot of like just foreigners in the in the tournament and this year. That is not the case whatsoever. Yeah, this year they bolstered the roster a lot so that uh, they don't have to rely on foreigners as much as they have in the previous years. Because if you looked even further back, uh, we always had like a foreigner in the finals because of how much they relied on them. What do you think changed in, in that sense to where they, they felt like they don't need to 
do you think maybe it was the the way that Rossi's kind of been booking things from the past year or so since EO left, or uh, what do you think's kind of changed? I think uh, I think so, since um, EO and Kyrie left, he's realized that uh, maybe he needs to have like a core roster that stays with him, and he needs like more of them so that if any of them just leave, he still has a lot of backups with him. He books he books a few key people pretty pretty strong throughout the year. Uh, you don't see Mayu losing a, a ton. I mean, she does, but she doesn't lose a ton. She always comes out looking a little stronger. Momo is someone that I feel like, what is she, 19 years old, right? Yeah, she's 19. Doesn't feel like it. She feels like she's nearing 30 just by the way she carries herself. It's, it's actually pretty incredible. Whenever I talk to somebody about stardom and I show them Momo, they can never guess her age correctly, which is uh, very interesting. She's done a very good job of kind of picking herself up and, and showing off who she is. And uh, I feel like Rossi specifically likes Momo a ton. I'm not sure if that's really the case, but his booking definitely feels like it. Momo's been um, touted as the future ace even before EO left. Like around the time Kyrie left, everyone's touting Momo as the future ace. So it's pretty kind of obvious that everyone sees a lot in her. And when you're going into the five-star Grand Prix, <clears throat> I was specifically looking at a few key names because when I'm thinking about booking this sort of thing, I'm thinking about, you know, who are, who are the top players who have been the top players for the last few months and who would be the top players going out after this. Uh, but that doesn't, it's, I don't know. I was talking to a few people and it, especially people that have been watching longer than me because I just started watching more or less this year. So a lot of this is and a lot of the way that maybe Rossi would book things or things would play out. Uh, aren't exactly in my wheelhouse. So I'm, I was just thinking when I was making my bracket, you know, one, who would I like to see personally, uh, which obviously I have Kiona with quite a few points, and we'll get to that. Uh, I don't, I, now, I don't necessarily <laughs> think that's going to, maybe that's not going to happen, but, you know, i got to will it into existence. It's got to at least get down on the piece of paper for it to happen. Uh, but it's just, it's, it's uh, interesting the way that I've seen a couple people play it out, and I'm sure your bracket looks entirely different than mine. I haven't really seen too many brackets that look the same which is I, I think that's a good thing i think that goes to show how deep the talent pool is in stardom right now yeah i think um there's some key matches which are like there's gonna be a decisive winner like regardless everyone's got the same person but i think there are potentially a lot of upsets this year and i think um uh, yeah there's gonna be a lot of upsets this year i think compared to previous years I actually think that most people, probably around the 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 B matches, probably did draws. I'm 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 only guessing. Uh, you have around the same thing. Yeah, I have like three or four. Yeah, she definitely is. A, she she is part of most of the draws. I think B could get Sue or like uh, they are pretty much like the draw people for me. Arisa, obviously, just because she has a belt too. Um, but we're gonna be talking about all that here on this episode. Uh, I wanted to talk about really quick. Just because I know, you know, everyone that pretty much follows you. And, uh, you know, if you guys want to follow him on Twitter, you can check him out. Canvas Sprite Man on Twitter. Uh, Konami is easily your favorite wrestler in stardom. And I'm guessing she's uh, your favorite your favorite Joshi pro wrestler, correct? Yeah. Pretty, I think she's pretty much my favorite wrestler in general at the moment. Period. Out of everything. Yeah, period. You're telling me Billiam Osprey doesn't top that list for you? <laughs> You know my opinions of Bill. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think he's athletic. I, I'll give him that. I don't think he's a good wrestler. 
but that's subjective. <laughs> yeah, and- I guess so. <laughs> but why is uh, why why does why, what what exactly puts uh, Konami, especially going to the Grand Prix this year? She's had a lot of opportunities this year. I mean, she did really well in the Cinderella. What exactly do you think that Konami brings to the table that someone like maybe B doesn't? Like Konami has like these small, subtle mo- things with her moves. Like uh, her transitions are probably the best in stardom. Probably next closest is probably Kagetsu or Arisa. Just if you watch the way she moves from submission to submi- submission, you can see like these really cool technical aspects of it, like uh, how she specifically moves her submissions to target a specific arm because she knows that's the weaker arm. Right. Yeah, that happened a lot in the B match. And uh, if you just look at her, um, like not specifically in the B match, but in like every other match, you can just see like uh, she wears her emotions on her face if you look if you pay attention like mm-hmm. she she the character she presents is like a cocky a cocky wrestler who really doesn't like take their opponent seriously so like if you look at the rookie she matches and she's against rookies whenever she puts on a submission she has this huge smile on her face so and i think that's brings a lot to what uh to her matches because um in joshi uh not everyone in joshi's like the best wrestler like yeah there are but like i think a lot of joshi uh the biggest part is emotional investment and you can if you could see that the wrestlers themselves are emotionally invested then you can get behind them and can start getting into their matches more has now konami has changed quite a bit since she first started out she was a freelancer before right yeah she was a freelancer until last year Right, okay. And she was with, uh, she had a management company. What was it, G? It was a GPS Promotions, is that GPS correct? GPS Promotions, yeah. Yeah, so now she's full-time stardom, correct? And she's yeah. out of the management company, too. Yep. Hmm. Now, like I said, a lot of things have changed in that sense, especially not even just with Konami, but just in general in the Joshi world over the past, you know, even five years or so. Uh, yeah. Was there, a, now you've only, you said you've been watching Stardom, what, two? Two years. Yeah, was there now like <laughs> I'm looking at these old Grand Prix and stuff and like I said some of this stuff is like it's definitely not if there was ever a time for someone to start watching Stardom I definitely think this past year would probably be one of the best times just because of the depth of the, of the roster and the way that everyone's kind of just stepped up to the plate. Was there ever a time where you were just like I don't know if this is kind of fitting my bill kind of like uh, I feel like a lot of people say that about WWE recently where you know things are just kind of falling off people aren't as invested things aren't really making much sense. Was there ever a time in the past two years or so before this past year where things really started like once EO left and once, you know, Kyrie got out and was there ever a time where you were just like, mm, maybe this isn't it for me? Like you maybe you're thinking about going into another company like your, your seedlings or your uh, TJPWs or anything like that? I think uh, that period was probably right after the five star last year because I don't know what it was, but I think, it started to feel every show started to feel samey. There wasn't like anything new or big happening. It was just stagnant. If you looked at the booking, like you had this big uh, Kagetsu Momo match, but that didn't really end anywhere. I think that's probably the one of the worst uh, Kagetsu matches for her title reign, which is surprising. And then we had Hannah was just doing whatever. She was experimenting, but it wasn't really working out at the start. Man, people uh, really did not like Hannah at that time period. They, 
I think it was just too much of a change from what they were used to, like too soon. She was super it, it was, over too, and then she changed, and people just weren't into it. She, I think she's she's pretty much back at where she was. I think before now, um, especially when she started TCS, I definitely think uh, at least in the Western market, she definitely is pretty damn popular. Yeah, I think I think that my turning point on Hannah was um, was no surprise the Kirk match with Konami uh, past, <laughs> this past February. But if you actually watch that match. I would say that is probably Hannah's best match in stardom to date because it actually showed how she's how much of a wrestler she actually is. Like she is probably one of the best technical wrestlers in stardom. I'm looking here um I'm I'm looking here real quick at the uh, very first five star Grand Prix. Uh Kyoko Kimura ended up winning or uh, she lost but she won her block. Uh, which yeah. is pretty interesting. Just I know I know that we you know especially when it comes to the landscape of stardom is completely different than 2012. Uh, but it would just be interesting to have, you know, just Hannah go to the finals just like uh, her mom did. You know, it'd be pretty interesting. Just a yeah. little tidbit information. I guess they don't really pull from that sort of stuff. Kind of like uh, you know like a, a Western company would like WWE or AEW or something. They don't they wouldn't yeah, reference like, it a ton. I don't I don't think um, legacies matter as much in Hero. As it does in the West, like if you look at how many second or third generation wrestlers are there are, you probably won't see that many. And if you do, they're either they're either pretty bad, like uh, Daichi Hashimoto, <laughs> or they're these good to decent, like uh, Hannah. But yeah, like, for yeah, sure, for the, sure, leg legacy is not as big of a deal. I as guess that's a good and bad I thing, honestly, right? I mean, it's it's easy to build off of a legacy that's already there, but when you don't, then it, I mean, I feel like it makes it even harder. So I mean, it's definitely a good and same, bad thing. At the same time, you don't need to live up to that expectation as much, so people don't have to judge you as harshly. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Now we got this five star Grand Prix stuff for what about a month or so? Is about how long they run? I think it starts what the seventeenth. Yeah. Is that correct? Seventeenth. Yeah, 17th to the 22nd of September. That's a long time, man. Looking down this, uh, just looking down this prediction list and going through these shows, and that's a lot of matches. But I mean, it gives us a chance to see a lot of the girls kind of go out there and do their thing. Now, this is my first time ever watching a five star Grand Prix while it's going on. Does this, is there, is there like time limit? Like, like what is the time limit? Is it, is it 15? It's a, yeah, 15 minute time limit. 15 minutes okay so i'm guessing that's when that's what most of the draws are going to come down to at least when i was making my predictions i was thinking you know yeah. draws in the sense of I, that way most of the draws are uh, 15 minute time limits and there's the rare occasion of a uh, double knockout which i think happened last year between tam and natsuko oh well that's going to happen this year between natsu and azumi i guess right <laughs> uh, that would <laughs> that would be pretty dope, but I, I doubt it. Now, when I, I first made my uh, I first made my prediction list, I actually had not sued near the top, but I went back and actually started started you know looking at what what I was actually wanted to happen here, and she kind of fell down the list a little bit. But I I don't have that many people with like a small amount of points here between, especially I think blue block is actually a little more compressed in points. Then red block. I don't know how you have things played out here. Uh, I have, I have red block and blue block around the same actually. Really? Yeah. I, I have most probably... of my blue block in the middle. Like 
I have most people sitting around like six or eight points, and then like I have like Kagetsu, I think is B and Kagetsu are like near the top there, but most of the other people I have kind of compressed. It's weird because when you look at the sheer names in Red Block and Blue Block, Red Block has like the the name like the attention grabbers, while Blue Block is just like a bunch of just super solid workers that like aren't going. It's just that you don't see them taking too many pins, which made it incredibly difficult here there's only a few people in blue block that was like oh they can take you know they could feasibly take a good amount of pins from the other people in blue block yeah i think i think the only person in blue block i have like not doing too well is uh natsuko but we'll get into that later because she yeah, has not like, I've, actually i'm just looking at it now yeah i've actually i didn't even i think i subconsciously she, just kind of picked her taking some pins here yeah she's She's probably, I'd say she is on the lowest on the toilet pole in this block. Which is weird, because I felt like she was getting booked pretty damn strong, especially coming out of the Cinderella tournament. I felt like she was doing pretty well. Um, but then I think she just kind of fell by the wayside for a little bit. I definitely I think, think that of... she's not in the middle of a big push or anything. So yeah, I think it's definitely feasible that she takes a couple of pins here. I think they've cooled her off since um, you can't really do anything with her in jungle at the moment. Except until their match. Yeah, I'm excited for that, man. I hope they just beat the brakes off each other. That's all I'm asking for, man. Just a big beat down. I feel like the ones they've had throughout the year so far haven't really got to that point. They started off, you know, where they were really, really heated. And then they just kind of let it simmer out towards the end of the match. And I was just like, man, I know they're going to do at least one match where they just like go all out. And I'm hoping, I, I'm not sure, you know, 15 minute time limit, whatever the case may be here. But I'm hoping we get some sort of just mega beat down. Yeah, I expect that as well. Now, talking about people who have been cooled down, I was thinking about this right when I was checking out the block prediction sheet. Uh, Utami coming back from injury. Uh, she lost the tag belts. I think she still has the future belt, correct? She lost the Eve belt. Yeah, yeah she um, has the future and the SWA. SWA. She beat Zoe Lucas last time, correct? Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, that's a whole other conversation in itself, the SWA belt. Um but I feel like they've kind of cooled down on her a little bit, too. I mean, it's hard to match, I guess, the year she had last year, you know, especially with how much she got done. Uh, but it feels like when I was making my list, I was like, she could feasibly take a couple of pins in this one, honestly. Yeah. I think um, with Utami, there's this thing in sports where, like, you have this rookie in the first year. They do amazing. The second year, they don't do so well. I think that's an inbuilt story in sports, and I think mm -hmm. that's what they're trying to do with Utami. Because also at the, I think it was at the start of this year, she tweeted out, "Oh, I hope I don't have to deal with the second year curse." <laughs> so I, so I think this is something they're actually doing in Utami, and I think it's gonna, it's a great storyline for her right now because she, she's at the position where she doesn't need the SWA belt or the future belt. So this, so this uh, story where like she's off on the wayside she's probably drops a lot more matches it's good for her to a chance for her to drop those matches drop those belts and then eventually move on to big uh, greener pastures yeah no i agree completely i think that i think that if she kept on the same trajectory that she was on before she got injured uh <laughs> i think that would have disrupted the rest of the roster honestly i think that they they Cooling her down and then bringing her back up is definitely the smartest thing to do here, uh, which is why 
and here I actually have her. She's not at the bottom, but she's definitely not at the top in, in, in blue yeah. block here. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and ask you really quickly, who, who do you have, before we break it all down, who do you have coming out in the finals here? So we're looking at red block, we're looking at blue block. Who's going to be facing off on that final night in Corkin? I have uh, red block. I have Hannah Kimura winning. Close, very close in the points. And blue block, I have Jamie Hayter winning. Which ja- is probably surprising. Wow, Jamie, yeah. That's actually not who I thought you would pick at all. That's surprising. What what made you what made you think that Jamie Hayter was gonna pick up the uh the big win? I mean that's huge. Uh I think uh the fact that they've decided to bring her in for six months, which is a lot longer than they usually bring in uh, foreign talent, unless they decide to like fully commit and stay in Japan like Brie. I think the fact they brought her for six months is really telling of how much they trust and like uh, Jamie Hayter. So I think this is probably a way for them to say, oh, we'll give you a shot here, and if you do well, we'll probably try and get you to a more full-time role. I mean, Jamie's gone on the she's gone on the books and said she's she really enjoys being in Japan. Do you think yeah, that so. Do you think that Jamie is maybe on a similar path of someone like uh, B Priestley, where she ends up getting a place in Japan, tries to figure out a situation over there? Uh, yeah, I think so because I would say that say, and I think a lot of other people would say that Jamie is probably the best foreigner that Stardom have ever brought in. I mean that's a big statement. Cause Are you she, saying she's better than B Priestoli? Yeah, I would. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I really like Jamie too. I'm not saying either, but uh, I know that you have some thoughts on B Priestley. Well, my thoughts are a lot as strong as they used to be, but Oh, I remember. I think I think now my thoughts on B Priestley is that I have no thoughts on her. That's actually Jeez. the worst thing you could say about her. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's worse, but it's how I feel right now. Because I will agree that she can put on good matches. However, I have no interest in those matches. And That's wrong. It's not, it's not anything on her. It's just the way that she, her title matches have been booked, the build to those. There's no reason for me to care for those outside the fact that they're good matches. Is, and come compared, on, you can say it, man. Is, is it her theme song that annoys you? Now, nah, I can understand that a little bit. <laughs> you can say it. Her theme song is bad, especially with the Queen's Quest opening. Yes, it's awful. But if you also compare her, Tyler Rain, to Orisa's, because they mm-hmm. both start around the same time, all of Orisa's matches, they've had some sort of build that is really invested that you can really get invested into. Like, her built match against Tam, you, they had this long, uh, like, nine-month feud, like, inbuilt feud that's been building up, building up, and then it explodes there. You have the match against Hazuki, and they had, they've been starting something for, like, the past couple months, which starts getting really heated, heated, and then it and explodes there. Kyona didn't really have any kind of build with Arisa, but she doesn't need to, because... Junkyo is, I think Junkyo is one of the best wrestlers overall. And that she doesn't yeah. need, she doesn't need like a build to make you really invest into a match. 
Yeah, I agree yeah. With if that you compare if you if you compare those two tile reigns, there's a lot more focus on one than the other, and it's there's it's a lot more easier to get invested in one over the other. Do you think that that's part of maybe the booking style that Rossi's kind of played up on the white and the red belt over the past I don't know year or so? It definitely seems it's, like the white belt is the is the belt that gets the the more feud, more build out stories, while the red belt just kind of seems to be like that was a pretty good match sort of belt. I think uh, this has been the case for longer than the past year. I think it's yeah. probably four or five years. I think the point where the white belt started to be over the red belt was around the time Kyrie lost the belt to Mako. Because then Mako just left with the belt for a few months, had two tile matches, and then it went to EO for a year. And that point, uh, the roster was kind of stagnating a bit at that year as well. And then we had the unfortunate times where Mayu won the belt and then injured and lost the belt to Tony. Tony disappeared, <laughs> came back for a couple of matches, disappeared again, then lost the belt to Kagetsu. Kagetsu, um, she had good matches, but there wasn't a lot of build or anything to get invested in, like B's, B's tile reign. So, and if you looked at the, uh, the past white belt winners, you had like Io, Yoko Bito, Kyrie. Mayu, Momo. <laughs> I can't even. I can't even think about Yoko Bito anymore because all I can think about <laughs> is. <laughs> you already know. Uh, you already know the tweet with the dude's dad and the and the so spread. It's so unfortunate. Oh my god! It's why she <laughs> I retired. Know I know it. She won't say it, but that's why. <laughs> it's so rough. Oh wow! What a tweet! If you guys haven't seen this tweet before, it's <laughs> it's. I don't even know if I can explain it. You have to like literally just see it. Um, if you're in my Discord, or you could probably, I think I post on Twitter actually. Too. <laughs> um, but discord.gg forward slash post, you can check it out. You can ask anyone in there. I'm sure if, if Pool's in there or whatever the case may be, he's got all sorts of links that you'll absolutely love to see. Uh, but just ask about Yoko Bito and the dad in the hospital tweet. And it's. <laughs> so rough. Make it dude. sound even worse like that. It's so. Dude, I was, I was like, you know what, man? Maybe I'll go ahead and check out of this stuff. Maybe I'll just go ahead. I'll go back to the the shitty Seth Rollins tweets, and I'll go back to the. I'll go ahead and I can't deal with this right now, man. That no, was uh, about insanely the, rough. One thing about I will say one thing about um Sun and Pants is that there's a really weird subsection of them. Yes. And oh my goodness. I, I don't want to be part of that. I really don't like seeing that. I shut it down like the second I even see it happening in the discord or on Twitter or my YouTube I shut it down like immediately I just like all right we'll move on to something else I can't even I just can't even deal with it man it's just it's it's definitely the worst part of uh I guess this community is is definitely that that discussion and that talk and every time that comes up goodness gracious now we were on the uh we were on the case of like uh your Jamie haters and your B Presleys and and all that kind of stuff. When it comes to foreigners coming into stardom, you know, we have a we had a couple of more. I think they ended up uh, just finishing up their tours. We had Zoe Lucas and uh, Bobby Tyler, right? Yeah. And they were over here. And uh, that was interesting in itself. One, because I feel like, uh, I feel like I, I didn't expect them to do what they did with Zoe Lucas when she came over. We actually talked about this before um, because yeah. she was already a heel before coming over to stardom. 
but then they just put yeah. her in stars and then turned her. But then she didn't do very much afterwards. It was like they gave her this big angle and then she just like, you know, hung out with TCS. It didn't feel like they really did too much with her. Yeah, um, I think uh, it's just the case of when foreigners come in, they don't actually have anything to do with them. They just have them there because they want they're there for whatever reason. So they just put them on stars and then they figure out from there on the fly. That's what I think they're doing with them. I love when Tony comes over because every time she does, someone is, is out there with the face paint on with her and they I don't know what it is about <laughs> without the stardom girls, but they love Tony Storm. I think Tony's like a older sister to a lot of them, so I think that's why like it's the same with Viper. I think she's like an also like an older sister kind of figure for them. So they look up to them in kind of way. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when we're talking about this, uh, we're talking about these red and blue blocks here. You said that I just want you to say it one more time. Jamie Hater is your blue block winner, and red yeah. block you had Hannah. Ha yeah, I did. Okay, correct. Now, what was what was your point distribution looking like here? Let's see. Uh, for the red block. Hannah had 11 points, and Momo had 11 points, but I had Hannah win over Momo because I felt that it could build, like, uh, in the future. So, like, it's like a storyline where, like, Momo was the old, like, straight-up favorite, but Hannah just took everything away from her, and that's going to build up to... Because I think Hannah is going to win the entire five-star and then win the red belt. Wow. So I think this is, I think uh, ha Hannah being Momo for the tiebreaker is probably what's going to help build this match because they've never had a, a singles match before this, before the five star. So this first match where Hannah wins is going to build up to like an even bigger match where they'll probably have like a time to draw or something. And it's going to be, I think it's going to be one of their premier feuds in the future of stardom. Their chemistry is insane. I'm not all the way caught up with everything right now, but Momo and Hannah, I don't know what it is. It's just like the second they even like get near each other, it just feels uh feels special, honestly. I think one of the biggest points is that their their characters are completely different. You have Hannah who's off the wall, like kind of crazy, and Momo's the stoic ace-like figure, and the fact that you have these two clashing personalities it just brings out a lot in both of them we actually have the i don't know if it's exactly the same i'm sure we have some of the people maybe losing but in my red block i actually had momo and hannah tying too with hannah winning over her to to do the tiebreaker uh, but my blue block is completely different than your blue block i don't even think oh, it's I, uh i don't even think it's near think, the same i don't think anyone's gonna have the same blue block yeah, it's this just is uh, way insane. too hard to predict. I ended up since I picked with Hannah and Red Block. I was just thinking in my head because the, the whole tournament to me was it was either going to be Momo or Hannah. That's just what it was always yeah, going to be. I think that's what everyone thinks right now. Which which also scares me a little bit because when everyone thinks that, then everyone's probably you know usually wrong in that yeah, sense. Everyone, yeah, because last year, last year everybody predicted. Momo versus Jungle Kiona. Nobody got that right. <laughs> if there's one thing as a Kiona fan, I could never tell you to bet on Jungle Kiona. <laughs> I could never tell you that. You can do it, but I'm not going to tell you to do it. 
But to be fair, uh, last year we had the unexpected arrival of Utami, which probably changed the entire landscape of Five Star last year. Yeah, yeah. So can you explain what happened with that exactly for maybe people who weren't uh, watching when, when Utami came in and how much she kind of shifted everything around? All right. So last year, uh, Utami had her debut match against Jungle Kiona uh, to see who, because uh, Utami was saying that she was going to be the best power wrestler in Sardom, which Kiona was not a fan of her saying. So they had a match, time of draw, but the reviews for that match from literally everybody was like unanimously that Utami is a future star. Just from the way she sold every move, how good she was doing her moves, how much of a power slave she was. So she was touted as the future of stardom right there. The five star was also like next week, and Viper was originally supposed to be in the five star, but she had to pull out for whatever reason. I think it was like NXT UK or World no, of Sport. Oh, my brother. <laughs> Yeah, I know how you feel about those, but... <laughs> yeah, you know how I feel about NXT UK. <laughs> but yeah, she pulled out, so... Last-minute replacement, they decided... Utami got, like, glowing reviews. Let's put her in there and see how she does. And straight out the bat, wins her first match against Sam Nakano and does well the entire tournament. I feel like... Because they had a lot of stories going to the five star. They had Konami going over Kagetsu, so it looks like she's getting this big push. Uh, Kiona was looking like a huge trajectory. She was everybody thought she was gonna win the blue block and possibly win the tournament. But uh, I think Utami's existence pretty much derailed both of those things mm. and caused her to get to the finals last year. And then she won pretty much every belt she could possibly win. Pretty much yeah. any uh, undercard belt, she just had it around her waist. And she yeah, kept a hold was, on the entire time she was injured, too. Yeah, it was such a fast transition. I think some people soured on her, but I think overall, everybody everybody agrees that she's a good wrestler. But I think, yeah, it's just the case of super rookies, and it starts to get a little grating. But she's, as you said before, she's cooled down. I think people mm -hmm. are starting to get more into her again. Do you think that because I've seen the one big thing that everybody says about her, like a lot of people were comparing her to Momo, obviously because they're both in Queen's Quest and that's just an obvious kind of comparison. But a lot of people think that Utami, like the one thing that she's lacking is sort of uh, like her charisma. Do you, do you agree with that? I do. I think the thing with uh, the undercard in Sardom is you get to face people like Def Yamasan and Natsu Sumire, who are pretty much... In Sardom, they're charisma personified, if you can agree with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, Utami missed out on those undercard matches, so she didn't have that opportunity to build her character. So she was thrown into the deep end, and she has to rely on herself. Well, it's, kind of, it's, it's really cool, honestly. I think Utami is, uh, is interesting because... Uh, you don't, I don't know if I maybe just see it more from Utami and things like that, but she seems to draw a lot more from uh, other wrestlers that are wrestling right now. She, uh, I like seeing her on Twitter, you know, like people will take pictures of her or whatever, and she's just sitting there, you know, just watching New Japan, just hanging out. I know yeah. a lot of the girls do. I know a lot of the girls actually watch uh, Dragon Gate, I think was a big one that a lot of the girls are into. Yeah. Uh, but it's just interesting because she definitely has that demeanor, you know, she definitely has 
like that progress like she she definitely watched a lot growing up compared to like a lot of the people that wrestle in stardom right now it's it's a very interesting uh idea I that think, she kind of works with i think one of the main reasons utami is so good is because she is one of the legitimate fans of wrestling they didn't uh she didn't get into like doing wrestling and stardom just because uh it's an extracurricular thing i could just do it as a club mm-hmm. like most girls do uh, but she actually legitimately loves wrestling and i think that's what's helped her so much to be so good yeah she's a student on the game man you just got to get jr in the room and she'll get the moon shoes <laughs> this will turn out okay utami is uh one of the girls that i have like we talked about kind of near the bottom of the list but uh andras is another interesting name since she signed full-time here in the past few months uh, which was yeah. which was crazy. I mean, that was just really cool. She's changed a lot in that very small amount of time where she signed the full time uh, deal here with Stardom. I mean, she started talking yeah. more. She started actually winning, doing moves. How crazy <laughs> is that, man? It's pretty big, but yeah, she's another person I don't really have that high up. Really, and it's kind of shame. Yeah, it's though it's kind of shame because I think she has the potential to be bigger than the way they book her right now. Yeah, just say it, man. Andras fucking rules. Yeah, she's, she does. She's dope, man. Like she, like the I, I, I was just thinking about it the other day when I was. Well, I think it was, uh, it was either the early July or or late June show where she faced uh, Starlight Kid. I think it was a tag. Um, yeah. But it's just like it, it just kind of puts it in perspective for you. Like she might, she's probably like the like an average person, but like in the ring yeah. with most of the roster, she doesn't look average at all. <laughs> She's a monster. Yeah, she just she sw- turns a switch and then she's she's Andres Miyagi then. Yeah, and and it's it's cool because I watched her for most of the year and I just assumed that, you know, I hadn't seen most most of her. Who what was her name before she became Andres Miyagi? Was it Cassandra Miyagi? Was yeah. that was that right? Yeah, Cassandra Miyagi. Yeah. Right. So I didn't see a lot of that. Uh all I saw was kind of what I was presented with stardom. And until recently, I just kind of thought Andras was kind of like a, I don't know, almost like a stoic beater type, you know, like she didn't do very much. And then in like maybe six weeks, I'm like, wow, you know, she, she like, she has so much that she just never did. And I don't know maybe if that's, they told her to just chill out, you know, I don't know how they exactly, they explain things to freelancers like. I feel like Natsu didn't get to do very much. She's still a freelancer, but I feel like she didn't get to do very much until recently, which kind of leads me to believe that they're trying to sign her full-time because she's she's getting a lot recently, Natsu is. Yeah, I think... I'm not sure if Natsu will ever sign full-time. I think... Yeah, what do you think she, the reason behind that is? Do you Is it just like she just likes working wherever? Or? Yeah, I think she just... I think she's like a, a Def Yama or Kari Yama. She just, just likes doing whatever she wants, but... I, I mean, she, she doesn't. Does. She doesn't take a lot of bookings outside of Stardom, does she? I mean, she takes them here and uh, there, but I don't feel like I see her taking too many. I think she just like she she's in that position where like she's kind of loyal to Stardom, but mm-hmm. she doesn't want to fully commit to it because she wants to. She wants to have. I think she wants to have that control over her merchandise, which most Stardom wrestlers don't have. Oh man, the merchandise for Natsu, man! I definitely need to pick up a pervert scum shirt. I'm just dying <laughs> to wear that. It's perfect. <laughs> what an interesting wrestler she uh and recently she's been like i said she's been getting 
quite a few victories. I she spent most of the time when I first started watching her. You know, I just kind of put her in that Santino role almost, where you know you could pull her out for a big win every once in a while, but for the most part, she was just going to kind of you know play with people and and put them over and kind of play that role a little bit. But you know, she's won a belt here recently. She's actually picked yeah. up wins with the Rampage. She introduced like a I'm not even sure what it is, but it's just like a leg lock, almost full Nelson submission. I don't know if she's yeah. put a name on it, uh, but that's just a lot of evolution in a very short amount of time, which kind of led me to believe that, you know, things were going to go a little better for her. And that's why I think in my first draft of this five-star Grand Prix thing that I had her so high up, because in my mind, I'm like, oh, these are all signs that, you know, she's going to get some, get, get a big push behind her, honestly. Because yeah, I was thinking I, in my head, I'm looking at this and I'm like, how much longer, and this is a, this is a conversation too, how much longer does Mayu stay where she's at? Especially if there's not going to be, you know, if she's, if she's talking words of retirement and uh, looking to maybe get somebody to train and, and take under her wing, how much longer do they feel like they need to protect her as that top player? I think right now, Sarnum, we're, we're still, we're getting, we're still getting to the position where they're trying to get Momo and Hannah to that, even Hazuki, to that position where at the same level as Mayu, but I don't think they're there yet. So I think Mayu, I think Mayu's ride or die would start him. She's not. Oh, yeah, leaving. absolutely. But I think probably a two, three years, they'll probably have her slow down and become more of a full time trainer. But Joshi is pretty unpredictable. So anything yeah, that, you're right. at that time. I mean, she's starting, I mean, she's definitely, her injuries are catching up. It, yeah. it definitely seems like it. Uh, I feel like she would go until the literal just wheels fell off if allowed to. But it'll be interesting to see how Rossi kind of plays it out. I feel like he has a connection with Mayu that maybe a lot of people don't, you know, and like, I, it, we'll see how that kind of plays out over the yeah. next couple of years. Because the thing with Mayu is uh, she was there from the start, so... Mm -hmm. Mayu is stardom, essentially. If you know what I mean. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. I mean, she's kind of like the heart and soul. She's, she's kind of always has been. Even when yeah. you had people like EO and stuff in the company, you know? I feel like Mayu still was like, kind of almost like the glue. It's like if you look at the office and stuff when, when uh, Michael Scott left. Yeah, it was still the office, but like something feels like it's missing, you know? Yeah. I think that's, think... that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, I agree with that. Now... Hazuki, who I I actually have near the top of this tournament in my red block. Where do you have Hazuki falling here? I also have her near the top. I have her tied for fourth with Tab and Avery. Avery, <laughs> you you these foreigners are doing quite damn well in this tournament for you. This is actually uh, interesting. Foreigners generally do well in the five star. If like. 2017, we had Mandy Leon, the queen of Joshi Perroruso. <laughs> she was, she was near the top and had wins over Io Shirai. So never count the foreigners out. <sighs> yeah, ever. Yeah, I don't. You had to remind everybody of that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a time! I'm so glad that I was not into the mix right then, because I would have just been like, you know, man, I'm gonna. <laughs> that's that's enough for me. Goodness gracious. 
We had uh, Hazuki get a couple of huge, just huge matchups here recently. I know you said you don't like B Pistoli, but let me tell you something, man. You you got to at least give her props on the Hazuki match. That thing was, if they would have had like five or ten more minutes, dude, I can only imagine. I think Hazuki does her best work in short in short matches. Um, I, I, I'd say the same about B. She doesn't, I think B does better when she doesn't have to work too much it's like too long and she can just get her shit in and call it a day yeah 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 i think that's the best those are the best kind of b matches but i'll give b props for that match and hazuki but xbox record that (laughs) 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 but i think in previous years that they've never really had that good of matches so it's kind of impressive that they actually turned up for that match hazuki has turned up an immense amount, I feel, in the past couple of months. I'm glad that she ended up dropping the high speed belt. I think that's the best thing that could have happened to her. Yeah. Yeah, she does work better in the shorter matches, but I think that letting her kind of spread her wings is definitely the way to go. Especially because the high speed division in Sardom is basically four people. So yeah, true. She couldn't do there's only so much she could do there. And so and she really, she does really deserve to be a higher up the card because last year she was, I believe she was tied for first with Mayu in the five star. So, and then she just kind of dropped off for the rest of the year. So, I think now that she's dropped to high speed, I think it's a good time for her, them to refocus on Hazuki and uh, rebuild her back up so she's a stronger contender than she used to be. There's actually a there's actually a name up here that I I really didn't know what to do with because I for I as just watching recently maybe don't understand it as as much as maybe you or someone that's been watching for a while. Uh, Saki Kashima's been there forever. She's been in Stardom for a super long time. Um, she 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 came back I think last year, and and she took a break before that. So yeah. She's been she she's like a resource. She's been around. Yeah, she's been around. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so what it, it, can you explain to me? Maybe because I've seen a couple of brackets where she's pretty high up. I I don't have yeah. her high up. Um. I don't I don't have her high up either. And especially uh, uh, if you look at the crowds and like Shinkiba and things, there's they're very they very much like Saki a lot. Um, yeah. I've never seen anything blow away from her. I don't have an issue with her, and I think that she seems nice enough. I've just never been. I don't know, blown away by anything that she's done, but she seems to be super over in that sense. And I, I don't know, maybe you can shine some light on that a little bit. Um, I don't ex- actually know exactly why she's so over, but uh, I could, I know what you talk about when she doesn't really blow you away. Cause um, I think uh, I th- this is more of a case last year. She's gone a lot better this year, but she, she used to have this, hesitation doing a lot of moves so it kind of made her matches not be as strong so i mean the stuff with natsu is fantastic but i I think that's more natsu than anything honestly i think the thing i think what saki needs is because before she came back i if i remember correctly she was primarily a heel so and since she's come back she's been a face and i don't think that's her strongest suit so I think if she she needs that uh, change of scenery where she can 
be a different character than she is now to really yeah. blow people away. She, I feel like she needs some sort of progression in that sense. I feel like she's just uh, kind of there to smile and throw up her hand. She's and pretty I, much the four, fourth person in Stars when they need, like, they have, like, if you put Stars of Topo, it's Mayu, Arisa, Tam. Whoa, now. I think, I think Tam would disagree, but <laughs> sounds about right to I me. Think, yeah. But, I mean, if you want to bring up a few more people in Stars, you know, Saeedas could be, she could be at the top here in the next few years, you know? Who knows what happens in with that. In a few years, maybe. I was surprised to or not see her in this at all. I was kind of surprised, but I think her replacement, the, the replacement for um, Casey Owens was mm-hmm. probably the best replacement they could have picked. Yeah, I think performance-wise, absolutely. Um, performance-wise, I think booking-wise, I, I think she's a better pick than Riho or Saida than uh, in but, terms of her placement. What about Leo and Ozaki? I mean, don't you feel like she should fit somewhere in here? I mean, <laughs> I understand a booking nightmare would come into the play here, but... <laughs> Leo, she's... Yeah, yeah, tread she's lightly. Been out. <laughs> <laughs> she's been out for a lot of her time in stardom since she debuted, so she's never really got to showcase what she has. So I think she's better than what she started, but I don't really have any strong opinions right now. Mm. I think she has potential to be better, though. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I've never seen Avery work either, by the way. Ever. I don't know if you've I, I seen her never, work. I, no, she's... Uh, you've never seen her she, work? You're like, yes, she's going to ream this tournament, baby. <laughs> I, I, have, I have belief in Rossi and his love of foreigners. <laughs> he's, he's ready to take that picture, man. He's not slick. <laughs> he is not slick. That, this man's crazy. That picture from, that picture from a, like a week ago, that oh. was... God, I was like, bro, I had to, I'm like, man, I do not want to post this on Twitter. I was just like, let it slide. I had a joke ready to go, but I was just like, I'm going to let it slide, man. There's so many, yeah. like the one where he, he, where they're doing the bikini eight thing. And, and Mayu yeah. was, <laughs> Mayu, hold your hands. <laughs> this dude is There's... a meme machine, man. Like, like whatever your opinion on Rossi Ogawa. <laughs> whatever it is <laughs> whatever it is you have to admit he his pictures he managed to make every picture gold yeah I mean you're right you're right I, I can't disagree with you like I can tell you my experience with um Rossi Ogawa uh, a month oh, a month or two ago uh, when Sarm came over to the UK I think I've told you this before. Um, he came out of the venue with his big R hat. <laughs> <laughs> scouts are, scouts around the venue, looks at the line, looks at me, looks back at the line, takes his phone out, picture, walks back inside. And, he, oh, and let's not forget him falling asleep in the middle of a match <laughs> after, uh, after Utami lost uh... in a... Three-way elimination match. Sleeping. I couldn't believe it. This dude lives his best life, man. Big yeah. R hat and all. That's just like 
that's like <laughs> some anime stuff, man. Like you can't make this up. Like, yeah, which one of these guys? It's just like a lineup. Which one of these guys is the promoter? Is probably the guy in the big R hat. <laughs> that's just rough, man. Good lord. I when I got into stardom, I I saw him. I didn't. I you know. I I don't know any history about this dude, or at least I do now. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't when yeah. I started. Um, but I, I think everyone has a very similar uh, when they first see them or they they first uh, get a little whiff of them. <laughs> they they kind of have an idea of, of of what what or how he is. But I still yeah. I cannot I cannot get a grasp on who he is. Like I can't. Uh, uh, I mean, I I know a few things, obviously. Yeah, I don't want. I don't really want to skate over. The, I don't really want to talk about this too much. Um, yeah, but I know a few things. I think he's just a very. He's in a weird position in, in itself, honestly. I like. He's like he, he, like you could tell. Like if you've seen like documentaries or you've seen like his collection, you could tell that he's a fan of wrestling. Absolutely. But, but is he an, see a that. fan of? That's what I'm. That's what I always kind of wonder. He he is doing women's wrestling, but is he? I mean, is this how he wanted to do this, or is this just like what I, he saw as most profitable? I, or I don't think he wanted to. I think when he first started, he didn't want to get into women's wrestling. It just I sort of happened. He, yeah, that's because um, remember he took a class in photography for college or university, and that took him to AJW, all AJPW, all Japan for no all Japan for wrestling. Yeah, it's AJ. Uh, you're right. AJW mm-hmm. at, as a photographer, and then he just kind of went from there. So he, I think he saw how profitable um, merchandise is at Joshi promotion shows, like with all their shirts, eight by tens, photo books. I think he saw that and realized, yeah, I, this might not be the wrestling I want to get into, but this is what's going to make me the money. So I'm going to do that. Yeah, so things have changed quite is. a bit from the AJW days. I mean, things yeah. are. I was actually watching a. Um, I was watching a match earlier. I think it was Awesome Kong. It was like towards the end of AJW, so it was like two thousand three ish, which, yeah. from what I understand, was not a great time for Joshi whatsoever. Like it was just like on a super downturn. Like the the yeah, people coming out were just like astronomically low. Yeah, it was like I think the time they're losing their TV deals, it just kind of wasn't picking up, and like yeah, these other promotions, uh, Gang Steam, like I think Noah's around that time started to pick up steam. Old Japan. Yeah, yeah, Japan. like things were definitely like changing. It was, which is another conversation completely. But uh, it would be interesting to see sort of uh, the pro wrestling world kind of come together in a sense. I feel like uh, there's a lot of promotions that just get by, if that makes sense. That yeah. I feel like almost it would be better off for not only the fan watching, but maybe for the companies too. But obviously yeah. there's always, it seems like in ProRes compared to, you know, in the West, it's more so like, I think we can make a lot of money while in ProRes, it seems to be more, uh, I think wrestling should be like this. Like, it seems like most yeah. of the promotions are like that, you know, like your Noah's and what was the yeah. thing that uh, Rossi did before stardom? It was it was something it had uh I can't it was JD Star. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's what it was, which I feel like I was reading about that the other day. I obviously never really saw any of that, but from what it sounded like, it sounded like stardom is what that was supposed to be, but like they actually found good workers 
for stardom. Yeah. I think I, I wouldn't say they found good workers for stardom. I think they found good trainers and a core for stardom, and that's where it picked up. Yeah, I think that's a better way of putting it, actually. I agree with you there. Uh, so, now, just kind of chalking up this five-star thing really quick, as we've kind of gone down the list on everybody, uh, there's a few people that are obviously kind of sitting out here. We have people like Natsu and Azumi, and I don't think too many people really expect them to go all out, I guess. Uh, no, I but think... who do you think they're going to get the win? They're obviously going to beat somebody in this tournament. And I don't have I don't have them losing to Avery. I don't know if you do. It sounds like you have a pretty high up there, so I don't know who Azumi, you have them beating. Azumi, I have losing to Avery, but I have Natsu being Avery. Yeah, I, I have think, Natsu beating Avery myself. I think my picks for who Azumi beats is actually would probably surprise. Well, one of them wouldn't surprise anyone, but I think the other one would probably surprise a lot more people. So the first one who wouldn't surprise anyone is Natsu, and I think that's an even match. So I think Azumi going over Natsu isn't anything wild to anyone. If you can, if you can agree with that. Yeah, sure. I mean, I I think that the matchup is a lot more interesting now that Natsu's more than you know maybe what she was the last time they did anything. Yeah. You know. And this this one would surprise you. I have Azumi taking the win off Momo Watanabe. I do too. Oh my god, yo! I actually have that too. That's crazy. I think that's probably the only win that Azumi can get outside of Natsu because they're basically uh, training partners. So Azumi would know everything about Momo. I think she has the potential to upset it without like upsetting Momo's hierarchy, upsetting the hierarchy where Momo is. Right. Right. That's exactly what I was thinking too. I was like, if there was anyone she was gonna beat here. It would definitely be Momo. I actually put that she was going to lose to Natsu, as I feel like uh, with how Natsu's been booked recently, you know, Izumi could could lose there specifically, and then they could pick that up at some other date. But yeah, that was the big one. I was I was interested to see what you were going to say because you said that uh, you know you had one that maybe people wouldn't pick. But I'm glad we were down the the kind of the same train of thought yeah. there. That works out really well, actually. Uh, another name here, we haven't really talked about Tom at all. Um, which is an interesting one because I feel like, especially coming off a match of the year candidate, which I think everyone yeah. agrees with, uh, I, agree with I feel like maybe she's going into a period of uh, cooling down a little bit. What do you think about that? I think Tam's in this position. She, she's in this weird position where, like, she can be beat anybody at the top of the top of stardom, but she just isn't at that level right now. But I think. These past few months, like Cinderella tournament, she went to a time limit draw to get to. That's big. She went to match of your candidate with uh, Arisa. That's also big. So mm -hmm. I think this is probably the year that she does well compared to her previous years, where she was last place last year, tied for last place the year before. But yeah, I think this is the year that she starts to pick up because Tam is actually probably. One of the most popular Joshi wrestlers in Japan, I believe. Really? So it's yeah, like if you see look at pop popularity polls, she's always high up. So it's kind of surprising that they never really pulled the trigger on her when. But at the same time, I could see why they don't pull the trigger on her because she isn't 
she isn't always going to be the one that brings out the best matches in people. Yeah. She definitely, I mean, she definitely comes through in big matches when there's some sort of story to play off of. Um, but I definitely understand what you're saying there. She started the the Stardom Idols thing, correct? Uh, yeah, her management team started that. And they shut that down, or did they shut it down, or did they start stop the partnership? Uh, I read something about that recently. They they stopped they stopped the partnership with Stardom because I don't think I actually don't know why, but it I think it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, I was but, I was very surprised to read that the other day. I think even without the partnership, uh, they still like the idols who were training the, training with Stardom are sticking with Stardom, and they'll probably just work both Stardom idols and Stardom. But Stardom idols was a a completely different beast that <laughs> to Stardom. Yeah, I saw I saw some of it. Uh, yeah, for like, sure. J- just briefly, so we can continue with the rest of the five star. <laughs> Stardom Idols <laughs> is not like Stardom at all. It's basically, if you know who Atsushi Onita is, it's basically his new playground. It's uh. You, you love it. it. Everyone loves it. It's wonderful. I love great. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. If you want to know more about it, for real, look it up. I'm sure you'll love it. Oh, man. Now, looking back over at the blue block here, we we touched on it for a minute. We touched on yeah. Jungle Kiona. We touched on uh, Natsuko Tora. Um, but we haven't really talked about where they end up maybe during this tournament and afterwards because i feel like my see my idea was when when they first started doing this you know right when natsuko joined oedotai and things kind of turned around for their relationship and things like that uh the idea for me was that natsuko would get pushed immediately and she to be fair she sort of did i mean she did pretty well in the cinderella um, she was winning over kiona almost every time i think every time actually I don't, i'm not sure if yeah maybe in tags was. or something uh, Kiona's beating her. I'm not sure on the statistics there, but she, for the most part, she always came out on top. Uh, and then re- randomly, she just started losing, and uh, she wasn't doing anything great. Uh, they've had a couple. I think they had a triple threat with Kiona and Natsuko, and it didn't really feel like they had that same intensity. I don't know if they've dropped that completely or not, or what the case may be. Um, but I definitely thought that things would play out a little different. I thought that maybe Natsuko would capture uh, maybe one of the singles belts with the way she was looking, and then Kiona could maybe fight her for it. I thought that was a money feud, to be honest. I thought that was something that could sell out a couple of places, but maybe they decided to drop that. I don't know. Natsuko is a weird, like, yeah, she was getting this huge push. I was expecting um, a situation where Natsuko always came up on, to over, on top over Kiona, and it would lead to, like, Kiona doubting herself. And then a big win, Natsuko, right? Yeah, a big win. Eventually, I was maybe like, I was expecting Natsuko to win a like maybe the tag titles with like Hazuki, and then eventually we had the uh, like uh, Kiona Konami challenge, and then have that big win. But what we had like Momo Utami that also worked as well. But Natsuko just getting lost in the shuffle. I think that's that just highlights one of Storm's big problems with. This managing this big roster is that they have so many titles and so much time on their shows, but they can't give everyone that time of day to really showcase their uh, potential. And Nasco is a fantastic. She has she's a hard hitter, honestly. Uh, yeah. A lot of her matches, she, I mean, she goes to town. I mean, a lot of her moveset runs along that way. She kind of falls into the same category as Kiona or Utami or in that sense or maybe even Andras where uh 
they just come out and they beat the brakes off of everybody, which makes sense. It, make, it makes for an easy push, honestly. It's super yeah. easy to push a power wrestler. It's insanely easy, especially if they're evil. You know what I mean? Like, especially if yeah, they're, yeah. they're mean. They just go out there and just be fucking mean. It's super simple. Just fucking crush them and then powerbomb them. It's really easy yeah. to get heat as that. Exactly. Uh, and then they just dropped it. And they were just like, oh, well, she went, she went from being like this almost... Um, she almost went from being like this, this kind of over the top character, especially when she first joined Oedotai. Uh She was kind of loose. She was kind of like a loose cannon for a minute. Yeah. Uh, especially during the draft and things like that. Like she was very, very excited uh, to be a part of Oedotai. Like this is something that she has been waiting for. Uh, even calling back to like the Cinderella stuff where like she was, I, I can't remember the exact quote, but she's like, uh, you know, she's going to bathe the Cinderella dress in like blood or something blood. like that. Yeah, yeah. 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 You remember that? So like yeah. she went from that to almost kind of just being a neutral character. She she doesn't say very much anymore. She just you know like I remember one promo specifically where she was just like playing on her phone or something. It's just I, I yeah, don't know. I feel like maybe that wasn't the right call. I think um like there's a recent like promo where she's just like eating ice cream and then Jamie Hader do all the uh, <laughs> talking. But yeah, it's I think weird. Yeah, I have no idea what they're trying. They're planning to do with Nosco. It's like they've just transitioned her to the side character who's just there. And Andras actually took over the position that she was in, which is even crazier. Yeah. Maybe that maybe her signing full time changed things. That that might be a reason because I think Andras probably right now is probably someone they can bank on merch with. So that's probably why they decide to go Andras right now, and having Natsuko just sit on the back burner for a bit. Speaking of merch, Andras, dude, her shirts. Why are they so expensive? Well, I was I looking at the international store. Forty dollars. What the? Are I you kidding me? I think it's because they don't have their in-house guy do the merch for her. She gets someone else to do the merch, and then she brings it to Stardom. So they have to jack up the prices a bit for those. You know, I was looking at it. I, I have the 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 white hell shirt that she came out with. Of course, yeah. I didn't expect them to come out with another shirt so close to that one. Yeah, uh, that's actually really surprising. Yeah, that blew my mind because I wouldn't have bought it right away. I would have, you know, tried to save a little money. But then I looked at the shirt, the black shirt they came out with, $40. And then, you know, shipping's yeah. 15 or 20 or something like that. It's yeah, like, bro, it's 100%. This tea costs $8 to reduce. Like, this is nuts. Yeah. I just I, couldn't I, believe so, that. The fact that they're pushing so much under merch is kind of surprising compared to the other merch they could be selling, like uh, Tam Nakano dolls that... Yes, I'm still looking, man. There's two <laughs> things that I'm looking for, man. The Nakano doll and the Jungle Kiona photo book. And I will never find either of those things. And I'm so the sad. Jungle Kiona, any merch? At all. One shirt, <laughs> a towel. They're like, oh yeah, here's a new towel she's got. You can't fucking buy it, though. They, they, <sighs> they put the new towel for her, but they put it up for Konami. Yeah, I, I was like, I don't understand that. I was like, okay, yeah, but they're like a tag team that's really popular right now. I, I have a theory for that. So I think it's because I've brigaded everyone to tweet at the interna <laughs> international, the English Twitter, Konami All Bells for almost every title match. So they probably thought she's really popular internationally. That's not internationally. <laughs> Nobody did it for Kyoto, so they probably didn't think she had that international pull so you've shifted, that's my theory you've shifted it all man <laughs> things have just 
they've just changed. I was looking on uh, I was looking on the the subreddit. And, you know, of course, recently a lot of people have been getting blocked by the English Twitter, especially like even people on the Discord and stuff. <laughs> like uh, Nick, who doesn't even tweet at all, got banned by the start of Twitter. Some um, Twitter's an enigma. I think a lot of it is uh, the person who runs. I think they just read like vanity searches stuff and just blocks people off that. I guess because I, I was so confused. I was like, I feel like I, like someone posted and said that they got banned after saying "Go Kiona, go." I'm like, there's a fucking agenda at play here, dude. This is an agenda <laughs> play. They don't want to put Kiona merch up here. I get what you're doing. It's just very, yeah, very I, weird. Yeah. So I think the last person we have to talk about here is, uh, well, I yeah, can't believe we haven't talked about yeah. it. We, we haven't talked about really Orisa and, and what her what she kind of looks like going into this tournament as she's still the white belt champion. She's coming off from what I understand. I haven't seen the match yet. Maybe you have the jungle match. Oh, yeah, that's I wouldn't say it's as it's actually really close to um, Hazuki versus Orisa and Hazuki, I mean, Orisa versus Tam in terms of quality, even without the inbuilt uh, stories that those mm -hmm. two matches had. So which is a testament to both of them. So it's not as good as them but it's really close that you might as well say it's a trio of things you should must watch is in uh this year i mean kiona is anytime she goes for a belt it seems like it's a big deal i think kiona has this ability to make whoever she wrestles look good i think that's the best part of her as a wrestler i think arisa she she's she's interesting i mean she's she goes into these big matches she does well. I mean, all of them turn out really good. I don't. I don't think I've seen like one where I was like, "That wasn't that great." Um, but I, in some reason, in my head, she still feels hot and cold to me. Like sometimes I feel like she goes out there and like I, I'm like, um, you know, she. I don't feel like she brings up to the plate as much as someone like Kiona or, um, I think. You know, especially for being in the upper echelon of of wrestlers yeah. on the roster. You know, I don't feel like she brings to the table what. Kiona, Momo, and it's weird because, like I said, every time she does go to the plate, she gets on base. It's just weird. It's just that what she's not in singles matches, she just kind of... It's like a Shinsuke Nakamura situation where she doesn't try as hard. She just kind of does her thing and Hangs gets out. everyone happy and then goes to the back and chills. But then when she actually has to do work, she does her work. <laughs> the but, outfit yeah. she came out, uh, the the outfit she brings out for her big title matches with a mask yeah. and stuff. Did you <laughs> that see that poster with? His, did you see the poster with Hazuki looking up at at? Uh, yeah, it's, like it was like an evil villain. That was <laughs> <laughs> absolutely insane. I feel like she'll have a good tournament. I don't think like she'll. I don't think that. I don't think she'll tear the house down by any means, but I think that she'll have a pretty respectable tournament for the most part. I don't. I don't really have her. I don't think I have her anywhere near the top. Well, I guess she kind of sits around eight or so points for me. I have her. So, so my uh, blue block is um, top two is tied, and then the top four are tied, and then everyone else is just there. So it's <laughs> it's, it's really close to my block. Probably not gonna happen, but so you have you Hannah this. versus Jamie as your finals match. Like who? So Hannah obviously is. Unless yeah, you, you're coming out of, you know, I think because I have uh, Jamie Bing being a tiebreaker in the blue block, 
Jamie doesn't need to win the tournament. She has that match ready for her because she's been saying since she got back to Japan, I want to face B. We haven't faced before in Japan. Mm-hmm. I want the red belt. So I think she doesn't need to win the five star because she has the built-in match now just by being B in the, in the five star is my thinking with it. Yeah, for sure. I think that uh, Momo still has... I still think that's why maybe I picked Hannah over Momo in my red block. I feel like Momo still has a lot of time. I think that she doesn't necessarily have to win this. I feel like she already... She's already there. You know what I mean? Like, she doesn't need a reason. And that's even so so much so that she faced B recently just because she just... Hey, I want to match. And she's like, yeah, for sure. (laughs) You know what I mean? I don't feel like necessarily... um, she needs to win that. And I had Momo slated to win this whole thing uh, a few weeks I out. Ha- I had Momo slated to win at the start of this year, but I think things changed. I was, I was very strong at that until I think when that B tile match happened, I decided I completely changed. I, she's not because I don't think Momo challenges B, and if she loses, she wins the tile, the five star. Because then we'd have Mom- B versus Momo, and then B versus Utami, and then B versus Momo again. That's three Queen's Quest challenges in the world. Yeah, that's yeah, that's very, a lot, right? That's in a not row. very interesting. It's not something I would. It's not something. It's not when you think about it, though. It's not really too out of the wheelhouse for Rossi. I don't think. I, f- I feel like there's definitely a, a faction bias in the way that he books, and I, I don't necessarily see it as a problem. I just see it as like a thing that kind of just happens honestly yeah um a lot of the you know edotai for whatever reason and and maybe so maybe that's just how kagetsu wanted it to go um but i definitely feel like they've been sort of pushed out this year like especially with tcs and the way that they've been kind of taking over everything like most of the booking has just revolved around tcs this year Um, i think over the tie over used to be pretty much the cool faction but I think this year, with Tokyo Cyber Squad existing, they don't need to be that cool faction. They could just be he- these big heels that just do like be dickheads to everyone. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And that's why I think I have Hannah winning. That's why I think I switched from Momo to Hannah was just me thinking about that. It's like this is obviously the year of TCS. Like I don't, I don't think anybody can like. You can't really argue with that just from the results that we've seen so far this year. And what I assume is going to happen towards the end of the year. Obviously, anything can happen, but I still think it's going to be a very TCS centric yeah. year. Uh, so I, I mean, that's why I ended up picking Hannah, especially with Hannah, because she is definitely their top merch seller, and a lot of Star Booking revolves around who sells the most merch. And we had Hannah come out with two photo books. Mm, that's true. That like in such a short space of time, it's like you know they're really banking on Hannah Kimura. So there's no way that once again the agenda against Jungle Kiona, you can't get the merch in the international store. <laughs> so you can't. <laughs> All right, boys, we gotta spam the links to our matches. Everybody gonna watch them a hundred <laughs> times. It's the only thing we can do. It's actually interesting to hear, like, just to hear that out loud. That like, yes, her push revolves around the T-shirts and how many times someone watches a match on Stardom World and. Obviously, that's not like I, I can. I Rossi obviously picks what he wants, but you know that obviously yeah. influences him a little bit. Uh, but it's just interesting to just hear that, just straight up, just like, yeah, well, buy the damn shirt then. <laughs> it's very yeah, interesting. 
if you look at like like WWE, I, they do something similar to that. So it's not like that weird for Rossi to do that for his. Uh, no, especially when you're a lot smaller too. Yeah, I, I, whatever can get you, whatever can keep you in business, obviously is the is the way to go there. Yeah. Uh, Hannah, I think she. I mean, she. she the, the sky's the limit. Honestly, like I just can't even. She could literally be whatever she wants to be. I think like she's kind of broken already through that that glass ceiling of, of Joshi. I mean, like just literally her being working ROH in itself had a lot of people talking, and that she was she worked at yeah. a dark match at that at that yeah. um was it the G one show? Uh, yeah, the G one show, the Madison Square Garden show, and she's worked dark matches before there with like when she was in the way the tie. She's just, I would say she's probably the most internationally popular wrestler that stardom have because yeah i remember when uh i remember when they first started up tcs like the first couple of days that they did that i feel like i saw her name and i mean like obviously there was you know rebel kel which you could have been talking about who i still <laughs> think should be in the five-star grand prix but that's just for another thing completely but hannah was just completely blowing up over that couple of days there like people didn't even know what her name was and they were like posting pictures of her and and it was kind of crazy to see like people that I follow that do not give one singular Watch. shit right about any of this. Them. Yeah. They were like, this is dope. And I, and I think yeah. that maybe they fumbled the bag a little bit on that. I feel like if they would have pushed that a little further into maybe a more international thing, I don't know what exactly they could have done, but they could have brainstormed a few things. They could have reached an even bigger market. Cause she was blowing up, dude. Yeah. She's blowing up. I think she's probably, Something about her, it's like her character, it's something that uh, transcends language. So you don't need to understand her to understand her character. I and mean, she uh, is very oh, good at saying fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also the other reason people like her because of their other she's tendencies. very good at wrestling. <laughs> yes, that's the reason. <laughs> don't worry, man. We all know what you're talking about. You ain't got to say it. We all see yeah. the tweets, bro. <laughs> Dudes are wild and out here. But yeah, she's easily probably the best, most popular wrestler internationally. Even I'd probably say even more so than Mayu. Because oh, uh, that reminds me of when they came to New York and uh, oh, I'll, I could tell you about that because you were there. You were at the yeah. New York show. Okay, yeah, I'll uh, talk about that. So she she probably got the biggest pop up, one of the biggest pops of the night alongside Mayu and Kiketsu, but part where it showed me how popular she was was the meet and greet time this this huge line mm -hmm. just for hannah kimura because like each wrestler had their own line the, hannah had one from one side of the building to the other side of the building mm. everybody else had like five ten people That's uh nuts. i went to see konami and she had like me and like two or three <laughs> other people but but to be fair uh I would blame the way they managed that meet and greet because that was awful. I heard nobody from a few people that was bad. Because nobody knew what they were supposed to do. Everyone just lined up. So it was only after I left the line to look around that I saw, oh, you just line up in front of the wrestler you want to talk to. So I just did that. But I know someone who also was in the show mentioned to me that they would have also seen uh, Konami, but they didn't know where the, her line was. So I think was it everyone that was there? Because they had they had they had a lot yeah, of the roster ev there. Everyone who was there got a meet and greet line, and 
unless you were Hana, Kagetsu, Mayu, you had no line except for like a couple people. Did Kiona have like, a line? Yeah, she actually had the I'd say the fourth biggest line, but it, compared to Kagetsu, Mayu, and Hana, it's nothing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those are definitely the like, big names. Like, I think it was even worse if like, because Konami was like all the way at the end of the line of wrestlers. I think it was worse if you're in between Mayu and Hannah's line, because nobody could see where you were. I had to like fight my way through to just see uh, Arisa. Get the fuck out the way! <laughs> I need to see Arisa. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. how I expected. You're 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 uh you're going to Japan at the the end of the year, right? Uh yeah, yeah. So I'm planning to go too. So maybe I'll just like. I'll just you. I'll hold your hand, and you can take me to where I need to go. Because I was oh, thinking yeah. about that the other day. I was like, I definitely want to meet Kiona, but I don't know how any of this works. Like, I don't know if I just like hang around or what the case may be there. But yeah, yeah, it's um basically like for future reference for everyone listening in. If you want to get tickets to like a Stardom show or a lot of like like independent shows, a lot of the case it's like you email or line or dm the wrestlers or promotions and but if you message the uh wrestlers specifically sometimes you get like some bonus stuff like some exclusive eight by tens or whatever how does that work exactly do they do they send you a ticket digitally or i'm not completely sure i think they put you on a list and then you just you just show, show up, up to I, like a ticket booth or something I, yeah I, I there's people who've been to japan who know more than me um I'll, I'll, uh, ask them at some point, and I'll tweet it out. Uh, yeah, just follow up with well. all that. That'd be dope. Now, uh, for the five star here, before we know, we kind of uh, chalk everything up, give our final predictions, and kind of go on here. You so you picked Jamie Hayter over Kagetsu. What do you? Yeah, what, I think. What exactly? Now, because when I was, I, I talked about it in our in, in Discord when we were talking earlier. I feel like Kagetsu is still super protected. I feel like when it comes down to anyone that you want to get over immediately, you put them in there with Kagetsu. Uh, so what what was exactly your reasoning for not having Kagetsu? Because when I was drawing out my block, the only person that I could figure from this block who would make sense to face, if I was picking Hannah, was Kagetsu. Especially because they have, you know, they, have, they have a lot of history too. Yeah, I could see why, but I think... We're gonna we're starting to get into this period where Kagetsu might be slowing down her pace. Like she's doesn't need to pick up big wins like all the time anymore. She can like let other people like get wins over her, like Konami, Andras, mm-hmm. Jungle, uh Arisa, B, uh Jamie. She doesn't really need those big wins anymore, I think. And I've like this other prediction that um that Kagetsu probably like loses uh her leadership though, at the tie sometime within the next year, but uh that's something for another time because it's pretty long winded. But yeah, I think, no, I mean we could definitely do a follow up episode and talk about some more stuff yeah. for sure. But I think this is the year that Kagetsu does start slowing down. Like she doesn't need these big wins anymore. I don't. I'm think so glad to. that I ended up. It's funny because. You know, I'd seen Hannah a hundred times. I, I like I had never seen Stardom a day in my life, but I still knew who Hannah Kimura was just from uh, yeah. proxy. Um, but it was incredible 
when I saw Kagetsu because while everyone works, you know, everyone in stardom to their own uh, merits are incredible workers. But there is something yeah. just about Kigetsu where, like, I feel like she has no wasted motion whatsoever. Like, she understands not only her character, but everyone else's character in the company to the point yeah. where she can get them over just immediately. Just, like, just being there is she can figure out a way to just accentuate what makes them so special. And, like, the first time, I mean, even the match against B when she lost the belt, yeah, I don't think I still think that was B's best match. I still think the the best match she's had in this entire time she's been champion was when she won it. I agree. I think that's B's best match period in, in Stardom. Maybe, maybe like in her entire career. Yeah, I don't. I, I thought think, maybe the Hazuki one was getting there, but then it you know it kind of just ended around like ten minutes or so. I'm like, you know, they they really started to kick it up, and I'm like, oh okay, here we go. But that that Kagetsu match was. I don't know, man. It just felt it felt different. And that's how I feel about a lot of Kagetsu matches. I'm glad that I ended up, you know, watching Stardom because I would have never otherwise seen, you know, someone like Kagetsu who is just phenomenal. I mean, she's just incredible. Kagetsu is probably like if Kona's like like good at showcasing everyone, I think Kagetsu actually is probably better than her at that. Because one of the things like behind the scenes, Kagetsu is the head trainer of Stardom, so she actually she so it makes sense that she knows like how everyone wrestles like if you watch her matches with konami um she knows exactly how to wrestle against Khan. like she knows that you have to be strikes submissions transitions grappling all that kind of stuff and um She's also the only person who sells the Triangle Lancer properly, which all these, which everybody else needs to learn. You don't sell the arm, you sell the neck. Oh man, we've I've, I've talked about it on the podcast a few different times. But I yeah, know, um, I don't know why Kiget she someone just doesn't explain that to everybody. But yeah, um, Kigetsu, she's she's been wrestling the longest in the roster, and she she's the head trainer, so it makes sense that she knows how everyone wrestles and. The best way to bring out the best in them. So I I would agree that Kigetsu Hana does make a would make a good final and would probably showcase Hana the best. But I think at the same time, yeah, Kigetsu doesn't really need to do that anymore because the talented stardom is at a level where anyone could do that. I don't. I actually, I you know, I didn't know who you were going to pick for blue block. I knew. I think everyone's got the same red block at least for the most part. Um, but I, I was interested to see what your blue block was going to be. I don't actually hate Hannah versus Jamie. I think Jamie's like super sweet. So, I mean, I'm glad that you ended up picking Jamie. I thought maybe that you were going to go uh, Konami, even though I felt like that wasn't the way. Just because, uh, you know, I know it probably broke your heart not putting it down. It was the same way for me for Kiona. I was like, I got to find a way. It's There's like, a way. Every every year I do five-star predictions. I end up playing Konami way higher than she should be. <laughs> Like this year, it makes sense for her to be higher than she used, should be. But previous years, I shouldn't have done that. But yeah, um, blue block in general is just—it's probably the one that most people have different. Like I've seen some people have Utami winning blue block and then winning the tournament. I've seen people have a recently in the blue block, Kiketsu winning blue block, uh, not uh, Jungle Kiona winning blue block. It's just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd and that's dope. kind of reflect that's kind of reflected my point system where like uh, B Jamie are a ten, Kagetsu, Konami, Arisa, and Jungle are at nine. 
Andres Tsutami at six, and then Natsuko at four. Um, yeah, it just shows that the everyone in that block has the potential to winning, and it's not a surprise if any of them do win. For sure, I think red. I think red block probably is pretty straightforward, unless yes. you know, unless they go left. I don't know. You never know with this kind of stuff, but. I think, yeah. you know, in most people's minds, it's pretty straightforward. But Blue Block, you could, literally anyone could pick anybody here. And I think they I think they would be right in their own sense, you know, for sure. Yeah. I love how I told you, like, before we started this, I was like, yeah, we'll probably go like 30 minutes. It's been like an hour and 30 <laughs> minutes. We just started going and going and going. I was like, yeah, yeah. this is dope. Um, but I think we both have Hannah, right, correct, coming out the, the, the top here. Yeah, I think... Without that, Hannah's winning the tournament. So what are you going to do a, when, when Hannah wins and then she loses to the Queen's Landing? Uh, <laughs> it'll just be another... It's just going to be a year of me not watching Red Belt matches anymore. Oh again. my god, dude. You guys in the B-Hate squad, dude. You guys in I the B-Hate squad. I love the B-Hate squad has gone to the same way as me. We're like, yeah, she's had good matches, but I don't care about them. But uh, there are some who are adamant in that b-hate squad oh my but, god but, there are some brutal takes dude i when, you know when when uh the english account posts like the results and stuff and like b retains i'm like i don't even want to click this dude <laughs> <laughs> it is rough uh, the best like the funniest part is like she always responds to those oh she does like, yeah i've seen her uh, yeah I, i've seen her respond she'll like I don't know if she vanity searches per se, but I think she definitely checks the responses I, to like the. I think she I, she gets tagged in them. So, ah, oh, the snitch because, taggers, yeah, that's true. That's because uh, her her she's like tagged in the photo, so she, everything that replies to that she gets as well. So that's how she sees all of that. Mm, that's but yeah. What do what did the B Japanese is... fans think of B? Because I was thinking about that the other day. It started off with B like. She seemed to get pretty lukewarm reactions. She never got streamers, but then she won the belt. Her matches were ended up being pretty good. Streamers started. I actually keep a B streamer <laughs> counter on the podcast <laughs> just to make sure she's getting them every show. She, I'm only midway through July, but she has like a seven or eight streak right now, which is pretty insane. Uh, even uh, on shows where Queen's Quest got no streamers, B still got streamers. So I'm just wondering, you know, in the Japanese fandom, is she I, over? Uh, based on what I've been told from. A Japanese fan and people who've been to shows. It's it's the same as me. They don't really care. Wow. Like, I think it's because she hasn't really done anything that's any different from what everyone else does, and she hasn't like have that personality that interests anyone else. She's just there. Well, I mean, she I created the Queen's Landing. <laughs> created. <laughs> I think that's it's our move, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Like like yeah, I don't think like if you've seen like reactions of uh like the pictures of the crowd during mm -hmm. after she wins, it's like just kind of dead face. They're not really into it. There's no like there's no streamers, a lot of streamers for her after she wins. And someone who went to the uh, show with uh Momo versus B uh, they told me that the crowd was just on their hands whenever uh, B was doing anything. They were just waiting for a moment to do something big. So wow. I think well, B is definitely the most polarizing figure in stardom outside of Rossi Ogawa, but 
Which is kind of, a, yeah. I mean, is it a bad thing? I mean, I think it's it, worse it's, than what you were saying. You're like, yeah, we just don't care about, you know, I, we don't care yeah. about this. I, th- like, I, th- I think it's polarizing in the sense that there's three different, like, outlooks, but, and they're all pretty strong. She's the Roman Reigns As, of stardom, man. Well, I guess now that's more so Seth Rollins than anything. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, I'd say she's the Seth Rollins of stardom because she she tweets at everyone like these cringy stuff like oh man her oh. and bill dude they're out of control on the twitter man out of yeah, control they, they have decent matches and uh yeah people yeah the the, the comparison between bnsf is probably pretty accurate yeah that's actually funny how how accurate that may be actually but it'll be interesting to see i think i think we, I think most people will probably have Hannah coming out, but I, I, I'm dead ass that I think that there is a chance that she would she would lose to the Queen's Landing. I'm not even joking. Like that's that's why the matchup's kind of interesting to me is because she has been booked inconceivably strong. I mean, it's true. She's actually been booked extremely strong ever since she came into uh, stardom. Like she. I think her debut was at a the tag league, and she won that. And then, she, <laughs> yeah, and then she's she didn't really come in that often. She just came in for the tag leagues, but she was always booked very strong, always like winning like matches, always being like in elimination matches. She's always one of the last ones eliminated or the one winning the match for the team. So I think there's a sense that. She, there's a lot of trust in her, but you they have to actually get people invested in her for people to actually like her. Yeah, she has a very, I mean, like, she has a very, I don't want to say, because I feel like almost everybody in Queen's Quest has the same, you know, pretty much has the same demeanor for the most part, at least the upper part, um, in that they're kind of stoic and they don't don't really show too much, I guess. Momo kind of brings it out towards the end of her matches. You know, she starts getting in- increasingly frustrated. Like that's pretty much how every Momo match goes. Is like she gets increasingly frustrated that uh, she can't, you know, put somebody away. And yeah. at least for the last year or so, uh, and B was like that too. The B and Konami match was actually, I, like I said, I, I thought that was fantastic. The way that, um, you know, the, the arms were coming into play and and her, being hurt and things like that, especially with uh, Konami locking in the. Uh, triangle lancer earlier in the day and then you know it, it's just a it's interesting yeah it's definitely interesting uh and b is definitely somebody that i don't think anyone will ever truly understand she is like so over with aew crowd and she's so over yeah. with with the uk crowd but then in starting for whatever reason uh it doesn't seem to translate and i don't know if that's maybe a I don't know if that's going to happen to most of the foreigners. I feel like Tony Storm in the most part. I feel like Tony Storm kind of falls in the same way. Maybe not the not the hate uh, that B gets, but I feel like a lot of people don't exactly look forward to a lot of the stuff she does. And uh, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong there. Uh, Tony is probably the, the most popular foreigner that they've brought in. Like. Like I've seen mentions that whenever she's at shows, she sells the most merch. I think yeah, she's probably popular because they've also had, she was the original like four ace. She had, she won the Cinderella tournament. She won the five star. She's been there for a long time. She was their ace, and then she went to uh that place. 
Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's always been popular, but I think she and she had I think most of her matches were near the end of her run. Um, weren't that good. There's yeah, a reason I feel that like uh, I feel like even recently the the ones that weren't against Kagetsu were just kind of like I was like, please just get yeah. this over with. Because it's especially now because. She she's not losing at all anyone. ever. <laughs> this but, isn't even just stardom. I'm talking about everywhere, anywhere. WXW. Uh, uh, it don't matter girls. where it's at. Yeah, like she's winning everything. It's nuts. Like yeah. it's Before, it takes a lot of the, the the heat out of the match is because you just know right away. Like oh yeah, this is how it's going. I think a lot of her matches are formulaic. Like you, like they've always had the same steps to them. Like. There's no, nothing different between a match she has between uh, Momo and a match between uh, Mayu. Exactly. No, just I be... agree 100%. And, like, there's a reason uh, it's Tony time is more like it's Tony time limit. <laughs> time limit Tony. East side Tony time. <laughs> ah, dude, I love that so much whenever she comes into stardom. Because every <laughs> single match, it just sounds like Mario. It's just like, East side Tony time. <laughs> Yes, it is <laughs> indeed. <laughs> but yeah, I think Tony does enjoy uh, wrestling for Sara, but I don't think many people enjoy just because of the fact that if she could lose, I think it'd be hard. different. Yeah, if she could lose, then people would probably not be as harsh on her. I think the her red belt reign, which I do not blame on her at all because that's out of her hands. She yeah, absolutely. probably she probably was never going supposed to win that belt. It was just like. A freak accent that she did. So and people just kind of soured on her of that and start blaming her, even though I heard her I heard she got pretty she got pretty frustrated with that actually. That yeah, um everybody was saying that she's ruining the belt, even though it's it really was not her fault. So yeah, interesting from the guy Jean side of things how that kind of works out. I mean, you can't really. You know, you you can't stay in Japan forever if you you know, especially when you're on a work visa or whatever the case may be. And she was working for a hundred different companies at that point too. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, that just kind of worked out against her. At least B's a little different to where, and I think maybe that's why I'm more invested. I think you hit something on the head there. Um, I feel like if Tony had the illusion of being able to lose, that maybe her matches wouldn't feel so. I feel like she still wrestles a very formulaic style, but I don't feel like. I don't feel like it would be that way if I didn't feel like Triple H was like a puppet master. Uh, you know yeah, I, mean? <laughs> I feel like it'd be a little different. <laughs> I mean, that's the same way with like when Zaya came in and things like that. I mean, she looked. I mean, she looked pretty strong for the most part. I mean, throughout the entire, she didn't stay very long, but you know, for the most part, yeah. she she stayed pretty strong. And um, she's another person where I feel like she has gotten. She got like astronomically better over like a year or two, um, yeah. but I still feel like she has a lot. A lot to grow and a lot to she'll she'll definitely flourish under the WWE style. I think she Zaya's a weird case because um she was I think like last year right before she signed with NXT UK um she uh, had this I think she had this match with EO where she pretty much proved herself and she got a storm tracksuit directly from EO which is like a big thing to get like a storm tracksuit to say you're a roster member with us you're part of you're part of this family. Right. They get it from the ace. So she got that. NXT UK after 
doesn't come back until this year. So it's kind of a weird. <laughs> Triple H comes a knocking, man. That's just how it be. I mean, goodness but gracious. Yeah, that NXT UK ever wonders, thing is, ugh. But yeah, if anyone ever wonders why um, Zaya always gets these streamers, that's pretty much the reason why. She's considered a roster member because of that moment. But she's at the same time, she's not a roster member. If you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, she, plus her theme yeah. song kicks ass. It I does. really like her theme song. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like it fits her to a T. Um, I, I feel like she brings a lot to the table, but yeah, in a sense that uh, she definitely has some room to grow, especially when it comes to, to matches and things like that. I feel like she tries to bring in the world of sports stuff, but uh, she doesn't have an intensity level yet that kind of allows her to do it realistically in a sense where I'm not like, oh, they're just playing tag sort of. You know what I mean? That's how I kind yeah, of feel yeah. about Zaya's. It feels like they're just kind of playing around, and uh, I think you can be a white mate, uh, a white meat baby face without, you know, looking like you're just playing around. I think there's a line, yeah, for sure, and I think Kiona kind of falls under that, where she's kind of figured that out herself. So I think Kiona is kind of like shying away from that more now that she's part of, like, starting to fully integrate herself with TCS and getting rid of all the jungle noises, jungle catchphrases. <sighs> Yeah, well, I guess I, I guess I do need to ask you about that uh, because it depresses me. Honestly, <laughs> I get my wind taken out of me immediately thinking about the no jungle noises. She doesn't do the jungle shout anymore. She shot a kid in the crowd. I mean, like <laughs> things that Kiona is definitely different than she was before. Uh, do you think like do you think that this is what she needed to kind of break through this glass ceiling that she kind of had been placed on her? I think so because um... that's why I had her. It, you know, in my first block here, the, my first draft of this of this tournament, I had her so high up because in my eyes, when this happens, uh, that usually means that she's getting you know the rocket strapped to her. Yeah, I think it's she. She was kind of getting kind of stale, but even though that, even though like everyone loves her, it's just like her character. There's no progression anymore because she's lost all these big matches. She needed to change to be to break through like her old self where she couldn't win like the big matches so i think this is probably the change she needs to like start becoming a bigger player in stardom and i feel like they could have tied that in a little more with Natsuko, honestly and, and gotten Natsuko even more over which we talked you know we touched on a little earlier but i feel like those tie in with each other and i feel like both of them uh when when booking this tournament could have been huge parts of blue block yeah i think if i think if, I think I would have appreciated Jungle's change more if um, it stemmed from mm. the speed with Nasco. Like Nasco gets the better of her like every time because uh, Kiona's like hanging on to these last remnants of uh, Jungle Salt Nation. Like she doesn't want to let go, but that's what's holding her back from beating Nasco because Nasco's like let go of that, and that's how she's being Kiona all these times. That's that's how I would have booked. I think most people would agree, honestly. I think most people are looking forward to it. Um, just the way that they even, you know, getting water poured on our head for like four straight weeks. Just <laughs> I mean, throwing like the water ball straight to our face. Yeah, like things are, it definitely seemed like this was going to be an all-year blood feud from what it what it seemed like with, with, with Kiona, you know, eventually toppling Natsuko for whatever the case may be towards the end of the year, but it just looks like they dropped it for whatever reason, yeah. sadly. Um, they, I'm sure like, it'll, it'll they, bring it up, but I don't think it's a big deal no more. Yeah, they, I think they did the same with um, Momo and Hazuki last year. Like, 
that was the blood feud, and then he just kind of stopped, and then Hazuki just kind of went to the side for a bit. So it's just like a problem with. I think it's another problem with storms like they just dropped stuff too soon when they should really pick them up when they're hot. Yeah, they seem to plant a lot of seeds and then they just kind of, as they start to grow, they just chop them. They're just like, eh, we'll keep these couple but, and then call out on the rest of them. Like the best example was, and this is back to the B, um, the Cinderella tournament we had seeds planted between Kigetsu and Tam. Because Kigetsu was a red belt champ at the time, so and Tam went brought her to a time limit draw. Right. So we had that built-in feud, Tam challenging Kigetsu, probably at the next Korokin. And then we also had Kagetsu calling out Konami, says, oh, I also want to match with you. And that probably been a, the match that they had at Konami's homecoming. So we had those two seeds planted for two possibly really good red belt matches. And then random Shinkiba show, B wins the belt. So we lost those two matches for whatever reason. Right. It's just, it, it seems random. It just seems like... Uh... Maybe Rossi, <laughs> he's, he's getting old. You know, things might, you know, he might let things like, slip through the holes a little bit, but. Like, there's, like, I have this kind of theory of how they book these, like, how they book the tiles, because uh, they need, like, Sardom as a whole is very unit focused. Like, oh, yeah. You always, and um, at that time, we had Utami injured, Azumi just got injured, so you had. And Momo left, and Momo was losing the belt like at the Korokin to Arisa. Like, I think nobody saw like any other way. So, it was pretty much Queen's Quest for that month were probably dropped from being equal to everyone to being at their lowest, like, probably below everyone. So, I think they wanted to keep this faction parity by giving B the belt to make them be, seem as if they're at the same level as everyone else. Which is my theory on how uh, they they book these titles with these units. Try to keep them all looking strong. Yeah, yeah, that was a rough time. I mean, it it it, it was it's interesting thinking about how many people were out injured uh, during the summer and how strong the roster still was, and then everyone kind of yeah. came back in, and now it's just like it's almost overflowing to where we're 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 trying to figure out which one of these people <laughs> could win. It could literally be anybody. Yeah, it's. Like the, the amount of talent they have right now is pretty insane compared to previous years. I, yeah, this like, whole this yeah. whole tournament looks nuts. Like yeah, this uh, like you said, like at the start of this, uh, this is probably the best year to start getting the stardom because everything, all the old baggage is gone. You have the strongest the roster has been in a uh, couple of years. Uh, there's stories you can just get into. It's really it's so easy. It's so easy to get into, and there is somebody for everybody. I think yeah, that's one of the biggest things that I tell people when they're first getting to stardom. Uh, they really help me too. Is like just watch a show and then pick someone that that you would really enjoy. And it's a lot more fun watching stardom when you're rooting you're, for somebody. Root. Yeah, like like I when I first started watching stardom, uh, first match I watched was. Mandelion versus Konami and Hell that's the match. Yeah. That's my first starter match and that's the match that got me into Konami. So it, it really does help if you find someone to root for. Like it gets helps you get invested into the promotion, 
obviously get invested into stories revolving around your character and then the people around them and then eventually everyone on the roster. Have you ever thought that there's like a different timeline where you're like a big Mandy Leone fan? <laughs> <laughs> like somewhere in a different universe, like you're sitting there, you're like, dude, the allure kicks ass. <laughs> no, if, no, no way. <laughs> yeah, you actually went to that universe, took that dude out, take that whole timeline out and call it a day. I, I'm not dealing with a life where... I'm a, a fan of Medellin, like, it's, <laughs> You got the 8x10s on the wall, dude? Oh, no, man. It's That's awful. Oh, it is. It is a terrible timeline, but it definitely exists. We had a good conversation, man. This was sick. I think this yeah. uh, this turned out really good. Uh, yeah. the, the fact that we both had the same thing was kind of surprising to me. Because uh, at first, I, I thought that, uh, like I said, I had Momo. But as we were talking throughout the day... I think I changed my block at least 10 times. I just it was like, delete, 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 delete. Do it again, do it yeah, again, do I've, it again. I'm sure you were the same way. I've, I've spent like, since they announced the book, I've spent like two days straight, like trying to figure out. I've, spent, I've done like six or seven revisions of it. Red block stays the same, blue block forever changing. It's too... To you gotta lock it in, man, because I promise you it'll change. I, I promise you we'll get off this podcast and you'll the blue block will change again. Yeah, I, yeah, I've, I've, I'm signing. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much um, locking this in. So you're locking in Hannah versus Jamie Hader with Hannah going over. Is that correct? Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, you're also locking in that Hannah loses to the Queen's Landing. I heard you say that. I'm I think. not. I'm not locking in that. I'm not locking in that. <laughs> Bow down to the fucking Queen. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> And I think I have pretty much the same red block. I have Hannah and Momo tying with Hannah uh, doing the tiebreaker, and she wins red block. And I think she'll face Kigetsu with uh, Hannah going over, and then she'll face B. And then, you know, the, this guy, you know, they could do whatever they want. Sky's <laughs> the limit with that. You know, you could have B go over. I'm yeah. sure everyone on Twitter will be really happy. Uh, everything <laughs> really will go over so perfectly. <laughs> Nothing bad can happen. I appreciate you coming on today, man. Oh, no problem. Yeah, we definitely have to follow up, and uh, maybe we can talk about some other shows here soon. Uh, do, have they? They haven't done the tag league this year, have they? That's in. That's like a month after the five star, so we can do that. And yeah, that would be because we have Martina in it, so that's gonna be a lot more fun. Oh yeah, really? I didn't even know that. Martina has this tag team with Natsu. And oh, that sounds fantastic. Last I haven't year, seen anything with that. Uh, let me t- I'll give you a brief overview of last year. Yeah, yeah. Last, last year, Martina came in and uh, Natsu Sumire absolutely hated her. <laughs> she was like, you don't respect the Japanese tradition. I'm going to teach you the Japanese tradition. And then like a few shows after, it's the first Star Wars draft. Kagetsu drafts Martina and Natsu is furious. Oh, brother. To start tagging and they're, they're not getting along. And then eventually, Natsu says, I actually like you. So they start like ha- becoming best friends. And then Martina leaves and then Natsu's like crying about that. And then Martina comes back for the tag league. They form a tag team for the tag league. And Natsu starts dressing completely like Martina and they're drinking, <laughs> they're drinking every show every match it was amazing I love that tag team it was that one of my tag teams of the year last dope. year 
Yeah, that sounds sick. I, do they have if, any of that up on Stardom World? No, they do not. Uh, man, that's like my biggest thing. It's like I keep hearing about all this dope ass shit, and I'm like, man, I cannot watch any of it. It's like I don't really like. It's rough. I don't. I don't know what's up with um, Star World. They have. I know they have the backlog. I don't know why they're taking this long to upload everything. They they could essentially just upload once a day, like slowly trickle trickle, and then eventually everything up there but i mean i understand not having like the 2015 stuff or whatever the case may be but like at least have the last like two years or something you know what i mean I'm like there's some stuff that i that i feel like i need to see you know especially with with how last year went and the year before it's just i don't yeah. know maybe eventually it won't be it's not the end of the world but there. it would be dope there are up there. like i know there are some places where you can find it but that's for <laughs> that's for that's for everyone else to find out. Yeah, yeah, you gotta look around for that one. Not tell you, never heard of it. <laughs> it's kind of hard to TOS, do that. But TOS, never heard of it. TOS, yes, yes. <laughs> I, uh, I, don't, don't, don't ban my Star World account. Yeah, I please God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. You got anything you want to uh, plug really quick, or anything like that? Anything you're doing right now, or uh, where people? Uh, you know, we talked about where they can find you, but maybe reiterate it. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Can of Sprite Man. Uh, you can find. Mostly Konami tweets, sometimes other uh, startup and Joshi tweets. Nope, just Konami uh, shit posting. Just That's yeah, all it basically is. just Konami shit. <laughs> uh, what, when's when's this um podcast coming out? Like, uh, to yeah, I'm yeah, tomorrow? I'm gonna probably edit it tonight. It'll probably be up. Uh, what's today? Tuesday, probably Wednesday, because I got to get the uh, show cover done for it. Well, me and the New Legacy Inc. boys, uh, we're doing a a charity stream on Thursday and Friday, so that'll be. Tomorrow, hopefully, uh, Rumble Thrawn, we do 30 Royal Rumbles across two days, one big Royal Rumble, all for the Fighting Back charity, which is helping, which is donating the money to uh, uh, Canadian Cancer Society. Really fun time. We twitch.tv slash New Legacy Inc. We've been doing this for like four or five years, right? I mean, it's been a while. Uh, I think the first one was. Eight years ago. Eight years? That's crazy. Yeah, we've been doing this for a long time. It's a lot of fun. Uh, sometimes we get some some surprising guests over the years. But yeah, a lot of fun. It helps, helps our charity. And yeah. Yeah, that sounds dope. I mean, I can't recommend the New Legacy stuff enough, especially when they do these charity joints, because they're always a fun time and you get to help out and... and you know, it's always just a community building thing. I think it's 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 really cool. So twitch.tv forward slash new legacy inc. You said that'll be Thursday and Friday? Yeah. Uh is they twelve time, hour streams each day or I don't think we've settled on a time but on like how long, but it'll be starting at two PM Eastern time. So on Thursday and Friday, two PM? Yeah. Okay. Good deal. You guys check that out for sure. Uh thank you once again for coming on, man. It's been super dope. I'm sure people will really no enjoy problem. this episode. Keep you back on. Probably talk about the tag league because you got to tell me some stories about that. I got to hear uh, about yeah. that stuff. Especially if I can't see it with my eyes, Stardom World. If I can't see it with my eyes, there's, I got to hear it with my ears. There's a lot of fun storylines from the tag league that extend until the year end. So that I will definitely come back to tell you about those. I want to thank you once again. Uh, thank you to everyone who watched this episode. I hope that you guys did end up enjoying it. Five Star Grand Prix, a very exciting time in Stardom. If you guys are not in the mix, I know a few of you guys are, are just getting into Stardom now. Uh, if there is a better time than right now, I don't know what to tell you because uh, I think right now is a perfect time to kind of get into the mix of things, especially because they're going to be having shows almost seemingly 
every day. I mean, like it, it's yeah. it's a lot of matches, a lot of matchups that you probably won't see a lot of throughout the rest of the year. Some stuff that you'll yeah. probably only get here. It's a very exciting time. Uh, so I hope that you guys end up checking that out. Remember, uh, stardom-world.com, of course, to check out all that stuff. We definitely don't know anywhere else you can watch this kind of stuff. Uh, you know, that's on you, you big pirate. I don't know nothing about that. I'm a good <laughs> Christian boy. I don't know anything about that kind of stuff. Uh, but thank you guys once again, and I hope that you guys did enjoy this episode of Big Fight Feed.